This hey. is it. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh. Oh, I'm I'm here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Has it been like two months? I don't know what time is anymore. <laughs> I don't. Time is irrelevant in the quarantine. It is. I think that like we as a society and human race have just moved past the need for time. <laughs> I <laughs> I was looking at our old episodes and it was like last or last posted May 13th or something like that. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's July. Wow. What that is shocking. Truly. Hmm. Well, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. I had a baby. You did. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. The baby is our third co-host now. <laughs> hopefully she stays quiet her little little noises are adorable yeah if you hear any grunting but on the bright side it's probably not gonna sound like i'm eating anymore i got we got that comment a lot and i'm pretty sure that was me because i was like so pregnant and my stomach was in my throat and i was like you know well maybe after that i'll like start eating on the podcast (laughs) We low-key are doing, like, a mukbang podcast, and nobody knows. Well, I do have – I was kind of going for, like, a brunch theme today. Not intentionally, but as I sat down, I was like, well, it's Sunday morning. So I have my mint limeade health aid kombucha. And? And it's kind of like a mojito. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. We we should have mimosas while we're doing this. Oh, that would be fun. I actually <laughs> really like recording in the morning. Oh, it's like 1.30 for me. Yeah, that's true. Our time differences. I forget about it. Yes. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Um, We're just going to catch up, right? And Sure. I mean, I have a list of things to talk about. <laughs> Okay, let's go down uh, the list. Okay. Well, the first... Th- <laughs> I realized that ever since we talked to Andy back in the Plan Out Marketing episode, that we haven't done an Andy's Cat Cafe little... You know, we haven't talked about our cats in honor of Andy. Oh, so I don't know if there's any cat updates you have just to like get those out of the way real quick. And then we um, can move on. Okay. Well, real quick. I didn't know that cats and babies were going to be an issue. Oh, like I just thought like they're okay with my kids. Right. Right. And you just add another oh. kid and it's like one more. Right. No, but the cats were like not on board. <laughs> Really? Yeah, they were freaked out. Their eyes were so dilated, and they would just run around and, like, stare with, like, huge dilated pupils. It was so oh my weird. Gosh. It took they them, like, like, what two is weeks. this alien? Yeah. What they is this tiny not human like doing here? Interesting. I wonder if it has to do with, like, the smell. Yeah, I don't know. Babies smell so good, though. <laughs> 
Why could the cats not be on board with that? I have no idea. It's really interesting. Have you like Googled it? Um, well, yeah, there's like all these pages on how to introduce your cats to the new baby and blah, blah, blah. And I was shocked. I had no idea. Wow. Well, that's that's really good at cat update. <laughs> yeah. We're really so. doing Andy, um, you know, we're honoring him with this update. <laughs> yeah. And he um, or they they're doing better now, though. So that was that's like, good. They're fine. Well, I'm glad that your your cat and baby are getting along. <laughs> yeah. My cats are still in law getting along. They're oh, still, yeah. yeah. It's a whole thing, but I have a solution that I'm going to work on, and it involves a, a double cat stroller. Okay. Which I'm so excited about, and hear me out because no one in my household would hear me out. <laughs> So that's what this is going to be for. But, okay, we have three cats in the household, and two of them are technically, you know, mine and my partner. So if we ever move or travel or do whatever with the cats, we're going to need a way to, like, control them. So the stroller has two compartments for the cats, and the compartments like snap off so you could take them to the vet in this and just like snap off their little box and put it in the car or like travel or do whatever. So um, and then also I've been wanting to take walks and get more exercise and just kind of like, you know, be ready in case anything happens and I need to like be physically fit. So I figured I could take the cat stroller and maybe like an ice chest with water and like walk around the neighborhood and get some exercise and give water to like the mailman and stuff that I see on my route. Oh, that's a cute idea. Yeah. You're going straight cat lady. Yeah, I'm really leaning into um, (laughs) everything. (laughs) I'm what I'm doing is I'm getting rid of rid of everything that doesn't serve me anymore and then I'm really leaning into whatever's left. <laughs> oh my god. Well that's cool. So maybe when they're sitting next to each other. Wait, are they gonna be like so it's off? not like a, a human baby stroller where they're side by side. They they're on top of each other. So it's like two cat carriers on top of each other in a stroller. So it has a slim profile. Hmm. Yeah. I'll send you a picture. And so oh, do you want you're to only see it right take now? two at a time? What's that? You're only taking two at a time? Well, I was thinking that it would look like just be for our boys. I mean, the my mom's cat, the girl is um really really just mean to the other two so i'd probably take her on her own and i'm probably going to take them on their own to start just to like get used to it but um yeah i don't know or my mom can get a separate stroller and take walks with me Mm. yeah Well, um, you have to send yeah. pictures. I'm going to see if I can send it to you right now. Oh, my gosh. So we can get a live reaction. 
That's really funny. I'm trying to get my cat to walk, so I'm going to get a harness and take her outside. That's really exciting. Only the one because the other one's kind of sketchy, but I think one of them would really enjoy it. Yeah, and that's what I want too is like I I want the cats to be happy and like have that fulfilled, (laughs) enriched life. (laughs) Um. But, like, especially because we brought in the last cat from the street and he was used to having freedom. And he now is, like, the most confined cat of the three. And we love him a lot. And we let him out and we play with him and everything. But I just really want to get him back outside in a safe way. Did you get it? Oh, did you send it? Let me see. Let me see. Ooh, that's really cool, isn't it neat? I and it's like it. I I just see how useful it'll be long term for us with the two cats. I mean, for moving or you know whatever vet visits. Oh my gosh! So funny. Yeah. So, yeah, if you see a cat lady walking around with a double cat stroller, passing out waters, <laughs> you know, be you. it could be me. And <laughs> if there is someone else out there that isn't me doing this, please get a hold of me. I want to be your friend. <laughs> um, oh okay, God. so let's, let's just wrap up that, <laughs> that very long segment. cat cafe Sorry experience. Sorry cats. <laughs> Um, what's something, is there something that you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, I just wanted to talk about somebody I've noticed on my social media. And I don't know if this is like an episode that we would talk about it, but just, I'm watching somebody go down the spiral rabbit hole of MLM. Hmm. And... It's tripping me out, really. Because you can, like, see everything happening that we talk that we talk about? Yeah. It's like watching it again in real time. Like, it's bringing me back to the memories of you. And yeah. in normal circumstances, like with you, I would try to support them. And, right. like, you know, I would buy their stuff or whatever. But I've already been added to, like, three groups of different ones that this girl's doing. And... Oh, gosh, it's just so sad. And I just wanted to kind of bring it up to talk about, like, why we talk about this. Because it seriously starts off, like, innocent, making a quick side buck. And then these people just involve their whole life. Right. In in all of them. Like, their friend, like, their community is all MLMs. And they share their friends' pages, and they invite you to parties, and then they do all these other... It's just... It's crazy. Yeah. And it's still happening. Like... Yeah. And it's... I mean, I didn't do... I didn't do any particular research for this episode, like... But... Because I've been... (laughs) I think... Well, this is like a whole different direction, like something else I want to talk about. So it's a little tangent. I don't know. But like, 
it's really triggering like to for me to try and be like healing from this stuff and then be constantly diving into it online to like make this podcast yeah does that make sense so that was like part of why I had such a hard time the last couple of months is like trying to figure out how to do both in a way that's healthy for me without like (laughs) exposing myself to all the shit that made me hate myself you know right so yeah that was part of like the rabbit hole and darkness that I went into the last couple months is like really important work I think that we're doing but like it's also really hard personally for me right that makes sense because you can see it it just takes over people's lives and that's like the one girl that I'm thinking of on she just had a baby and before she joined MLM her Facebook was all about her baby and all these cute pictures and she always dressed him super cute and did all these photo shoots with him and MLM happened and it's all about her weight loss shakes and parties and it's like it completely take took over her life and now there's like no evidence of her other like her real life like her husband and her baby her social media is consistent consists of only uh, marketing posts and it's so Ugh. sad it really it really upsets me because that's part of the thing that i hate so much about mlms especially right now in the current climate is that they they take your identity and then they just just turn you into this like capitalistic profiteering machine and it just like ruins everything yeah it's so like bad the, it's so sad like social media is its own kind of bad thing i guess like there's a lot of bad that comes for it but like the one good thing about it is that you could stay in touch with your friends and family you know right Ugh. yeah i hate it but there's so also these new groups too that are happening i don't know have you been invited to any of these new groups well oh I'm, you're not on facebook anymore right yeah i pulled the trigger Okay, so there's, like, uh, the money pyramid or whatever where you put $100. Did you see that one? Is is that, like, the circle game that we were yeah, talking Yeah, the circle about? game. There's that. Okay. And then there's this other one, which it's not, like, multi-level marketing, but a lot of the those people are doing it. Like, it's, like, an Amazon wish list party. Oh, okay. So you just invite all of your friends – And then you join or you post your Amazon wish list and then uh, you're just supposed to go on and buy stuff for people. Right. And it like I have heard of that. So I don't know. It's not linked to an MLM, but a lot of. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, It's not linked to any MLM, but a lot of them are into that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the first. I actually didn't know that the the, the, um, the Amazon thing was 
a Facebook group thing. I first saw it circulating on Twitter where like people would just like post their Amazon wish list and like if you have extra money you could just like send someone some thinking. But like I hate that MLM has taken that over <laughs> and like made it I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of like they already bombard you with like buy my stuff. Like and then it's my like- thing. <laughs> Now buy me my Amazon wish list. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Just yeah, stop. Like you're you're supposed to be making so much money with your MLM. Why can't you buy your Amazon wish list yourself? Yeah, it's weird, super bizarre. Yikes! So, have you talked to this friend person? How close are you guys? <sighs> okay, well. We had kind of a rocky relationship, but um, she started a business before, like a t-shirt situation. You know how that's going around too? People are buying crickets <laughs> and yeah. making like t-shirts and stuff. So she did that and I uh, tried to support her in that situation. So I bought one of those and then, sh- then she came out with like weight loss. I'm too scared to talk to her. I'm, because she's so invested in every aspect of her life that I don't know what to say. Right. Yeah, you, it's really hard to pierce that, like, without sounding totally awful. And she's in a weight loss one. Um, she won't tell the name, though. It's super weird. She'll just post, like, uh, I lost all this weight. Like, I lost all my baby weight. It feels great. Like, DM me if you want to know how I did it. And oh, then, this is the Optiviable one, right? Um, I think so. Is is that what I said it was? I think so. Re- remember, because the uh, the LuLaRoe mentor that left? I think we talked about it on the podcast. The LuLaRoe mentor left, and then I saw this post on her Facebook that was, like, exactly like that. Super um, vague about weight loss and then messaging. And then it turns out that her husband had signed up up under them. Oh, yeah. So so is it a new one, then? I don't know. I got to look. I don't know. I think it's newer, but I don't know when it was started. Because she's not posting, like, what she's done or anything. Or, like, is it a workout? Is it a supplement? She just posts, like, her weight loss. Um, and, like, mm. before and after pictures of her and people she knows. But she won't, like, say the company name or anything like that. And then when people ask about it, they say, like, um, she'll say, like, DM me. And then, Yeah. But it's sad because she, before this, like, she could have been a personal trainer. She was always in really good shape. And then she had a baby. And she's still pretty young. She's, like, way younger than me. (laughs) But, I, yeah, I don't know. Do you think I should reach out to her? I don't know. Maybe we should ask the audience. (laughs) What do we do? Because I see this post a lot like 
on a lot of the MLM anti MLM groups I'm in and they always say like, help my friend join this. Like, how do I help them? Or should, what should I say? <sighs> and I've I always pondered this question. I guess that's what we're here for, right? <laughs> that's our, our job. <laughs> well, I don't know for you, like, cause I went through this with you, you know? Right. And you can't tell them and you can't tell people because they believe it so strongly in their core, like that what they're doing is amazing and they're going to be financially free and they're losing weight and whatever it is. They found their why. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So how do you help someone? Well, I mean, uh, Because you tried to help me. I didn't really try to help you because I felt like if I actually, uh, you know, made comments about – because every once in a while I try to say like, hey, you know, I try to point to some logic or whatever. Yeah. And I felt like if I actually did like tell you how I really felt about a lot of the stuff that um, it would – I would lose a friendship over it. Hmm. So you were afraid that I would, which, I mean, it's it's hard to say, but knowing, um, that sucks. Because I think it, you would chalk it up to, like, you don't it understand what I'm that- trying to do here. You're not being supportive of me. You know, things like that. Right. No, That's right. Like, no, I of. totally understand where you're coming from. Like, it's hard for, like, me to imagine myself like that. You know what I mean? And it's also stacked against you too because that's what they tell you. Right. You know, right. If they're not going right. to support you, they're clearly not your friend. They're not this. They're not. And so you're kind of like, it's like, yeah, see, <laughs> like if anybody is goes against what I say, like this is what my MLM told me was going to happen. And I just have to keep fighting. So it's kind of like, what do you really, you can't, because they're getting manipulated and brainwashed, you can't really say anything that's going to – they have to come decide for themselves kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that that's really just the key of the matter. And unless you stage like a, like an intervention, like I think that maybe MLM interventions should become a thing because people don't realize how serious this is. You know, what when your friend's getting sucked into – what someone would say is like, I don't know, a real cult. Like, I don't know what the difference, the line is of like 
what social or like what society deems like a real cult but like wouldn't you try and stop them wouldn't you do everything in your power to be like this is a fucking cult like you this is not good right yeah you know like we need to make it more serious like people need to understand like hey i'm really 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 worried about you and i know that this is what your mlm friends are gonna say about me at this point but like we need to, you need to understand that I'm, I will always be here for you. (laughs) You know, like no matter what happens, like you can come back to me. And I think that that's one of the most important things because we can't just like with an intervention for any other addiction, you can't make the person, you know, accept their addiction and get clean. You know, that person has to be ready. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of the same kind of the same deal, because I mean, if I look at my history and this is something else over the past couple months that I've kind of been coming to terms with the fact that I I mean, I am an addict like I would have really benefited from the 12 steps in my 20s. If like someone would have been like, hey, fucker you are out of control, (laughs) you know, like, um, so LuLaRoe in that end for me was just my next addiction, you know, like it could have been anything. It just happened to be something that was also a cult (laughs) for, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe MLM interventions need to be a thing, right? Like, you know, And look at it as a way of, you know, just, (laughs) I don't, I think that like, that doesn't need any more explanation than that. Like, look into what an intervention is, and then just make it about the MLM. You know, we could maybe do an episode on that. And like, I don't know if this is an idea that anyone's ever had before. I'm sure. Well, I thought like, have you ever heard of that? Um, On Reddit, I think I read something like that. Well, like, because I'm not pretending to be like the first person to ever have this idea is all I'm saying is like, but it's the only thing I could think of that like for me really would maybe have any impact because just like messaging your friend that you, you know, acquaintance that you knew, you know, however many years ago that you're worried about, they're going to be like, well, you know, what's going on. But like, if you have someone that like, you're genuinely worried about and you can like stage an intervention because it's so many people. It's not, you know, it's your, a lot of people's sisters and moms and best friends that are getting sucked into these. Yeah. It's anybody, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Especially when a lot of the people I know that have done it are like super smart intelligent like head on straight like I don't know it's just weird I don't know it's just it's so hard to like even you know because I know that you would have said that about me when I joined right oh yeah but like looking back I don't feel like I was I mean and I know that this goes with like how I look at myself too, but I know that I had, you know, a good job ish 
career track or something, if that's what I wanted to follow and that there's nothing wrong with what I was doing. But like, personally, like on the inside, like I was a fucking disaster. (laughs) Like I was drinking before work. I was high at work all the time. Well, maybe not at that point. Maybe that was a little bit later, but like I was a mess. I was just like a very high functioning mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I wouldn't have had to like work, I mean, I just feel like my whole life up until this point, like there was so much pressure on me from everyone else to like be something different, like my entire life. And this goes, you know, it's not just MLM related, you know, it's like childhood trauma and like all sorts of things that just have made me who I am, you know, but there's always been a lot of pressure on me to like be something and it not just like anything in particular, but just something. And so that didn't allow me any space to like be who I am. So that's been like my entire life up until the point when I realized that that wasn't how I wanted to live anymore. Like that pressure to be something didn't need to exist. It was something that was like placed onto me. And so I realized that I didn't have to accept that anymore. I could just be who I was and then not try and be anything else. And so that's kind of like what I've been trying to unravel as part of my healing is like, well, who am I? What am I when I'm not trying to be anything? So I don't know, like LuLaRoe was a part of that. Like I felt that like if I joined LuLaRoe, I could be something. And that was like, not who I was, though. It was me trying to be something that I thought I should be. Right. So, and that's like, <laughs> I really don't know where we even started this conversation, but I'm going <laughs> to kind of lean into this um, <laughs> because that's another thing that like I had a really hard time with when we started this podcast was all of these people leaving bad like, you know, negative reviews that weren't just, you know, truthful, they were hurtful. And it was kind of like, I the, the reviewers were saying like, well, I think you two should be something different in order for you to have value for me to listen to you. You know what I mean? Like, you're not good enough as you are. But if you get better in terms of what I think is good, then I will give you my listen. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't need your listen. Like, I'm good enough as I am, you know? So that's why those kind of comments, like, really bothered me. And it's hard because when you put yourself out there doing anything, people are going to comment on it. And it doesn't matter if it's, like, your mom or your significant other or, like, strangers on the internet. Like, someone's going to have an opinion. So if you're not doing something that really means something to you like to your core it's going to be really easy to get lost right so you know I needed some time off and you just you know it just happened to line up with you having a baby so I think it (laughs) worked out great for both (laughs) of us but like I was really struggling when we took this time off because I was struggling like with my identity you know like was I proud of this show did I say shit that I regretted already? You know, like, was this show just another identity thing that I was (laughs) hanging on to? Which, no, of course, like, I've come to the conclusion that 
no, the answer is no. Like it's not just a new thing that I'm jumping onto, but I think that even some people in my personal life think that it is, but I know that it's not. So I can keep going if that makes sense. Right. No, I, I kind of like thought the same thing for a minute. Of course. Because that's, because that's who I've been in my life. That's who I've been my entire life until this point. So everyone in my life, why would you expect anything different? You know, I have to prove now that I am different. Well, that makes me really sad. (laughs) No, but like, well, I mean, maybe it should. Like, I think that like, we all kind of like, we all experience this, you know what I mean? With everything. And like, I just, I just have been able to figure it out for myself in like this specific area. So I'm able to share it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, isn't that, don't we, (laughs) don't we treat people based off of like their past actions, you know, like that's how, you know, sometimes like you being afraid to say something to me because you're afraid I was going to like break off your friendship. Like that doesn't say anything about you. That says something about me. The fact that like you were afraid to be honest with me because I was so reactionary, which is not wrong because that's who I was. Like, I'm not denying that. This is like me taking personal responsibility and saying that like, I'm different now, you know? And like, it, it does hurt to know that like, that's what people think about me. But like, I don't blame anyone for thinking that because that's who I showed myself to be. So now all I can do is move forward and be different and hope that like, Eventually, people think of me differently. Oh, <laughs> Emma. But you know, does that like it sucks, right? Like <laughs> on both sides. Yeah, I don't. I don't want you to be sad, or you know. No, like have like I'm a not... breakdown from like what we're No, no, no. Like this is all do. I think that like my point in talking about this and like letting allowing myself to go here, you know, like while we're recording is that like this is this is the important work. You know, like the work that's going on <clears throat> the work that I'm doing on the inside to like heal and come to terms with what I've done you know because that's that's god there's so probably so many other people out there who are struggling with who they were while they were in an MLM you know and like how am I going to get better and like learn how to be different if I don't examine what I did right like that's that's for me, like, that's the point in the show is that, like, I want to raise awareness for these issues, you know? So even you saying, like, you know, you don't want me to be sad. It's like, well, being sad is just a part of fucking life, you know? And it's okay if I'm sad. It's okay if you're sad about parts of our relationship or how it was, you know? Like, 
this is this is all shitty stuff you know like it's okay to fucking mourn who you were or whatever you know like basically i just basically i just cry all day and allow myself to feel my feelings <laughs> and i it's the first time in my life that i've like ever felt my feelings so it's confusing a lot of the time and like i have to figure out where to like put the feelings and sometimes i don't have the right place so they just like all fall out <laughs> and a lot of times it's while we're recording on this podcast so um yeah i don't know i just this is kind of like just how i am processing all of this just everything because as i'm looking back at my life i'm realizing that like so many terrible things have happened and like i know that talking about this kind of stuff can open up the door for people to say like oh well she has a victim mentality and she just sees all the things that have like happened to her but the point is that I've survived all those things and I'm here today like trying to use those things to make the world a better place. So while all those things did happen to me, it doesn't mean that like I have a victim mindset. We're allowed to be victims of things without letting that have a negative connotation. Like I fucking hate how people throw these words around and like make us feel bad about the things that have happened to us. And, like, make us think that somehow we're not worthy to have a voice because, you know, something shitty happened. Like, I'm still just as capable of being a fucking badass, even though shitty things happened to me when I was a kid. Like, right. it's just, I don't know. And you're allowed to feel how you feel about it, even if it's 20 years ago or 30 years ago or, like, no one can tell you how you should feel about it. Right. Exactly. That's what the issue is today is everyone thinks that they know how other people should handle things or deal with things or feel. And yeah, it's not, it's not right. It's not. And we all feel things differently and handle things differently. And I think what's happening now for a lot of people, because as a, as a society, I think for a really long time, we were just taught not to feel our feelings. You know, I think so many people have that experience where our parents, you know, dismissed how we feel or felt as kids, you know, at least in my experience, like I, a lot of people that I meet are dealing with these same issues, you know? Um, So if we never felt those feelings of like hurt and pain when we were a kid, feeling them now is going to be like even we've been hiding them deep down you know and like holding them in our bodies so like feeling them now is going to like you know it's like we're a kid again you know a lot of times when I think about the things that happen to me like I cry about them now and then I'm able to kind of let it go you know because like I finally honored it and said like wow that was a super shitty thing to happen to me so I just like fucking cry you know on the drive to go pick up my partner from dialysis or something, I'll just like cry. And then I'm like, okay, that feels good. (laughs) And then I'm able to like move on, you know, but like, how do we move on from things if we don't allow ourselves to feel them and accept 
what happened to us. Right. Side note, though, like what you were talking about with not being able not or not being able to feel things when you were a kid. I yeah. think as I raise kids today, I think like there was a there was a meme that I saw about how like just a reminder that kids are human beings and they're not something about along the lines of like kids have feelings and they have they're human beings and they like might not react how you think they should react or something along the lines of that. Yes. And it was a reminder because the way I grew up was kind of in that similar idea is that you're not allowed to act out. You're not allowed to like, as a kid, you have to act a certain way all the time. You're not allowed to cry in public. You're not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. And it was a very strict household. Yep. And you, as a child, you are expected to behave a certain way always. And, Like, now that I've grown up, I'm, like, realizing, like, my parents don't even behave like that. <laughs> and they're, like, they're allowed to because they're adults. But as a kid, we weren't allowed that those same, you know, idea. We were kids. And so we had to, we had to hold ourselves a certain way. And I think that is what you're – what when, when I hear you talk about that, that's kind of, like, our whole generation was grown in – and raised in this certain idea mentality that kids should be seen and not heard and kids have to hold themselves to a certain standard and public and all. And so now as we turn into adults, it's like a free for all because now we're finally like, what the heck? And then we see our parents that aren't behaving very, especially now, like all the Karens of the world. We have (laughs) the women that raised us are in the stores throwing fits like children. Right. And it's like, we weren't even allowed to act like that in public and now they get to act like that. It's just, it's everything is like turned upside down. But as I raise my own kids, I have to think about that. Like when he's, when my son is throwing a fit, my mom always goes, he's too old to do that. And it's like, well, he's actually old enough. Like this is how he shows his emotion because he's immature and he might be five. And yeah, he probably shouldn't be crying about something like this, but those, that's how he feels. And I'm here to teach him, like, hey, you can feel this, but you also don't have to act like this. You know, there's just it's just a different mindset. And I think we've learned from I've learned from my mom. She still tries to say the same things, like tries to raise my kids like I was raised and I don't like that. So yeah. it's just sorry, I went on a tangent, but that's what no you reminded me of. Like our parents act expected us to act a certain way, but we were just kids. And so now all that- this is coming out. I love it. It's not even a tangent. It was just like exactly what exactly the response that like, yeah, is exactly. I that's exactly exactly right. (laughs) I think that like, that's what this whole, you know, generational kind of trauma is, you know, like, and then our parents will say like, well, we were taught that way by our parents. And it's like, yes, okay, so when do we stop that? When do we allow ourselves, you know, to change now (laughs) we have to change now. And, you know, the generation that comes next, the, the next it's, it's, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be this conversation between generations, you know, things are supposed to change. There's literally no other way to be, but, um, we have to accept where we are and actually, this is kind of a segue because it goes back to something on my list that I wanted to talk about, but it's also like very apropos to this conversation. Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so um, Defending Jacob, I watched it, and it's about this teenage boy who is accused of murder and, like, what happens to his family as a result of that. And um, it's super bleak, but I actually really hated watching it because it was so – every single, like – adult character just denied their reality so hard and denying their reality literally caused our, all their problems, like in my perception of watching the show. So I was like, if y'all just had like <laughs> paid attention to what was happening to you and like accepted it and then dealt with it, you could have avoided all of this fucking dramatic 10 mm-hmm. episode ensuement. <laughs> like we could have fixed the problem. We could have nipped it in the bud. So I'm like, all right, I got to start accepting the shit that's going on in my life because the longer I ignore it, like the worse it's going to get. So, yeah. Yeah, that show really. Uh, Was that really on Netflix? It No, it's on Apple TV. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's some good shows on there. Um, I watched The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell and Holy smokes, it's really good. Oh, I love Steve Carell. He's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That show was so good. Um, Do you feel like you have to be careful, like, who you say you love nowadays? Because you never know, like. Problematic. Um, Yeah, you're like, oh, I love, you know, like, now I was seeing things come out about Tom Hanks. What about Tom Hanks? They're saying that he's part of, like, the whole child. Ring like well, every I don't know because everybody yeah. apparently is a part of it, right? But I like mean, they're saying Will Smith was, yeah. I mean the whole, yeah. I don't uh, <laughs> I don't have anything nice to say about anything on this topic. Really, I don't. Uh, I don't know. It's. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Anything is possible. I don't know anything, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, you never know. Like, all this stuff is coming out. Like, either they're like, you know, people that I guess Hollywood is just not it anymore. (laughs) They're fired. Hollywood's not it. God, that is, that's right. Hollywood's not it anymore. Like, even everybody, like, Justin Timberlake. He got in trouble or people are hating on him because he was making comments about how hard it is to be quarantined with your kids. Any celebrities that are speaking up about like how difficult it is to quarantine are just Ellen DeGeneres is getting slack. Everyone says she's a B word. It's funny because I think this also really kind of correlates and like, but this is just people having opinions about other people again, right? Like, celebrities are people. They're allowed to have problems. And I know how fucking shitty it sounds to have someone who, like, 
obviously has all of their needs met like millionaires like they have all the money to do whatever the fuck they want like complaining about anything but like i mean they are people right yeah you know what that's true like people are allowed and i'm not trying to like excuse anything but like this is another thing that i've been really thinking about like how we idolize people like everyone that i've been told to idolize throughout my life has like also been a piece of shit like in other like aspects did you know that gandhi was a racist like an anti-semite like gandhi wasn't perfect he's very Mm, celebrated but he also had some very problematic views you know like Mm. if you actually look at history like i mean people are very (laughs) multi-dimensional we're living in this like non-binary time now where like you know two things can be true So, like, I think it's just, we always complain so much, like, as a society when, like, we're let down by someone that we idolize, you know, like, we say Tom Hanks and everyone goes, ooh, Tom Hanks, what did he do? Like, you know, I'm guilty of it, too. But, like, why do we do that? They're just people, (laughs) you know, everyone... Everyone disappoints everybody if we hold them to these ridiculously high expectations. Right. Sure you know, too. like, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, we shouldn't, everyone should, okay, everyone should take personal responsibility for being pieces of shit if they are pieces of shit. And then we could just, like, move on and stop being pieces of shit to other people, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, obviously, it's not that simple. And there's a lot of complicated relationships but i think a lot of times we forget that we're all human yeah you know yeah that's true that's a good uh, interesting perspective on it all yeah and i mean i i love celebrities like i i totally get it like i it's funny because i always wanted to be famous like when i was a kid i you know it w- did acting classes and dancing and like fucking i mean this is a lot of the expectation that I was talking about before that was put on me. I was thinking about like all these things that I used to do as a kid, you know, like I did horseback riding lessons and like all this shit because like my mom had friends who knew people and like, but it was all at the expectation that like it would go on my resume because I wanted to be an actress. You know what I mean? Like all the things that I did had to be something. Wow. I had no idea about any of this. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't talk about it a lot because I don't, I don't know, like I, because I haven't, I don't know, I haven't been self-aware, like I haven't thought about it because I didn't think it mattered, you know, but now I'm kind of trying to figure all my shit out. So we're almost going to be a child star. Well, yeah, like that was I had plan? headshots. I went to the same acting class, um, the same acting school as Tia and Tamara. What? Yep. And there was, um, I mean, a ton of other very famous people who were on the walls of the place, but they're just like the ones that I remember. Um, yeah, we were like, uh, yeah. So that was like my goal. Right. And now, now I've been thinking like, thank God that I wasn't famous in my twenties because I would have been like the shit show disaster. Like I would have been that celebrity. You know what I mean? 
but now that I'm in my 30s, I don't want to be a celebrity at all. Like, I don't want people to know who I am. <laughs> like, I, which I've never seems wanted ironic. that. <laughs> right. Well, like, now I get it. Like, before I wanted, I wanted to be the center of attention, you know, because like, all I wanted was attention because I was never given it, right? Like, as a child. So, you know, it's just how shit works. So, but now I'm like, oh, like, I can accept who I am and like, you know, do some inner child work and like, you know, say like, hey, little girl, you're safe. Like, it's cool to just like kind of be and like, I'm like, okay, now I don't want to be famous. I don't want people to know who I am. Like, I don't want everything I do to be fucking, you know, I don't want paparazzi coming after me. It's it's fucking exhausting. It sounds terrible. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want that at all. Well, geez, I mean, we got like, what, 20 reviews? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, like fucking shut down. So, I don't like this. Yeah. So I can't even imagine like celebrities that actually have like a huge following and like people just get to comment on their life all the time and like the things they do. Like I could see, I never understood that. It's like, you're a celebrity, you have everything. But then now, like, you know getting not even a taste because we're not even like but just having somebody right. be able to comment on something that I've done is right. like uh stop being so mean to me you know it's rough <laughs> fuck I wanted to say that earlier it's so funny but I also didn't I had that same caveat like not that we are anybody right like we're not famous <laughs> by any means like but oh my just- god now that now that we're in the spotlight with our podcast, <laughs> things oh, are so, so difficult. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's so true. But I, you know, just putting yourself out there for like the world. Like I even get the same feeling on like having people that have social media accounts. It's like I want everything private. Like I don't want people to be able to like find See me anything, or. Right. Yeah. No, I it's get it nerve wracking. I used I've to always be the complete like opposite. I'd be like, oh, my God, you guys, I need everyone to see me on social media because look at me. I am like, y'all, look at this. <laughs> like, yeah, like everybody love me, please. Like, do you love me if I'm at the beach? Do you love me if I'm drinking a mimosa at brunch? No. <laughs> like, it's fucked up, right? But isn't that what everyone is doing on social media when they're trying to, like, get followers and likes and stuff? Like, isn't that what we're all fucking doing? Like, I don't know. I never used social media for that. I just really posted things God. that, like, my family, I, like, I wanted my grandma to see or something like that. Ugh, That's why I'm also, like, super. You're so wholesome. <laughs> you're so wholesome. No. I, just, I love you. No, I'm just saying, like, I didn't, I never had a lot of friends and I kept it really private. And if I didn't know you, you didn't get added. And, like, I'm really weird about what I post on there because it's really for my family. I, like, oh. I'm one of those people. I, I know a lot of people say that, but, like, that's legitimately why I do it. Yeah. No, I mean, and looking looking back, I mean, like, I stand behind you. Like, I want people to know that, like, she's being very truthful. <laughs> <laughs> like, she doesn't – she's not – just, just – she'd be like, why, why do you accept these people on your social media? Like, you know them? And I was like, no, I don't – what do you mean? Yeah, I no. even have the settings like you can't even friend me unless you're a, like we have a common friend or something like that. Well, so you can't even find me. That's a setting. And I was like, this is so cool. I love that. I am so proud of you. And every <laughs> I and every so often I clean 
I clean people out too. That's another thing. Like it's so rewarding. <laughs> it's I really, it's really a great, it sounds like a really great emotional place to be in. And I can't wait to fully be there one day. I had to delete my social media entirely because I couldn't come to terms with like defriending someone that I sat next to in a political science class in college. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's rough over here on the other side. Hmm. Needing to be needed by everybody all the time is, um, you know, breaking free from that feels really good, though. So I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's really fucking exhausting. Um, let's see. I think I had a couple things on my list that I don't know if they deserve a whole episode. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Um, one of them was the Hollis divorce. I don't know if you heard about this, but um, Rachel yeah, and Dave Hollis. <laughs> I can't like, I don't understand like what I just can't get into the whole Hollis situation. Like I don't understand what she does in life or who she is or why she's so um, worshipped, I guess would be the word. Do you think that this deserves like an entire like story on a part of a future episode or should we just like hash it no. out right now? And Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, okay. Do I sound like I'm bitter? I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I don't get no, it. No. Okay. Well, like you- I'll just like hash it out right now, just like super quickly. Um, so Rachel Hollis basically is like every MLM or influencers dream come true because she basically was just a not just I mean okay here's the problem with Rachel Hollis Rachel Hollis married Dave Hollis who was a CEO at Disney like super high up at Disney so was making a very good income and then Rachel Hollis started writing books and started a party planning company and sort of you know built her own company and did everything herself you know, bootstraps and all of that, blah, blah, blah. And now she's like a super rich and famous motivational speaker and New York Times bestselling author. So like she has these like accolades and like gets paid a lot of money to speak to MLMs and other like organizations who hire motivational speakers. So like she was like my goalpost. Like that's what I wanted for my life when I was like deep in the MLM. I was like, I just want to make a shit ton of money being Rachel Hollis. Like I've, it's fucked up to hear myself say that. I totally get it. But like, that's what we were all trying to do. Like, you're just trying to be viral or like be the next person who gets picked for whatever fucking pony show this is, you know, like you're just, (laughs) that's what the goal is. If you're a hun, I mean, maybe, (laughs) Maybe I'm the only one who thought like this, but like, that's what it seemed like everyone was fucking doing. I was just doing what I thought I was supposed to do and like wanting what I thought I was supposed to want, you know? So like she became this idol, which is obviously like fucking ridiculous. Like no one should have that much. (laughs) No one should have that much influence over people. Like I hate it now. I hate it. I hate myself hearing myself say this. Like I fucking hate it, but like, that doesn't change the fact that that's what it was. You know what I mean? So that's who Rachel Hollis is. And then so because people like me exist and 
love her as if she was like, you know, their real life best friend, because that's what she portrays herself as in like her copy when she writes everything. She's like, hey, girl. And like, I don't know. It's just like the terminology she uses is like she's your best friend. Right. And that's what makes her so relatable is her copy. Um, She got divorced. (laughs) And so everyone is like, oh, my God, my entire life is a lie because Rachel Hollis's marriage didn't work out. And like, if you look at her books and her relationship with Dave, Dave um, has some pretty abusive patterns. And I mean... their divorce has kind of been actually really interesting. And now I am again curious about Rachel Hollis because what happened was they did this, they announced their divorce. The community was like shooketh, you know, they're like (laughs) fucking everyone. Her life was perfect. Right. Exactly. And like they held, they had a podcast, the rise together podcast about oh, relationships wow. where like they taught other people about relation their relationship you know wow. and like they held conferences where like you're supposed to go as a couple like it, i mean they made a lot of money off their marriage so like it is it was very it was it just seemed like everyone felt betrayed because they had spent their money and kind of made these people who they were through their pocketbooks right but the divorce for me has actually been really interesting and very just kind of telling because Rachel Hollis recorded this podcast episode after taking about a week off. And it was heartbreaking for me to listen to because I could just, to me, she sounded so authentic and like the most authentic that I have maybe ever heard her Um, because she finally wasn't, you know, trying to be someone she was like, she sounded very, like she was in a place of feeling broken, you well, know, he, like, yeah, yeah. That which sense. is 100% understandable. And, but it was, it was just so authentic. And like, I really felt for her and um, it felt a lot like how I felt when I was coming out of and starting to understand abusive relationships and how they affected me. So like, I don't know, like, I caught a little bit of that just as another survivor. Um, Okay. So Dave Hollis, a couple days later, put out an episode on the Rise Together feed and announced that that feed would now become his podcast feed. So he would have his own. Yeah. So he took that. And then um, his episode was really almost verbatim the same stuff that Rachel said hmm. like so much so that like it he either listened to her episode and then copied it or like they somehow came together and talked about like what they would each talk about but like it was but it also was like so inauthentic like I hated listening to him explain the same things like it sounded so fake so I'm just, I'm more curious about them and their life now (laughs) than when they were together, because I think that this is when like people's true colors are going to show. And I think that Rachel, in my eyes, could be redeemed if she moves forward from this in a way that like 
you know, cuts ties with MLMs and like kind of understands how harmful this type of abuse is. Um, I'm but curious. she's not in an MLM, right? She just kind of like represents like boss babe mentality. Yep, exactly. Yep. Kind of like the, if you work hard enough, you can achieve anything because I did it narrative. So yeah. And like, even, I mean, he left his job at Disney to create their company that they run now, the um, Hollis Co. And she actually stepped down from the CEO position to let him have it. And she stepped into more of like the creative role or I forget her exact position, but you know, he now that part of the divorce was that she got her position back as CEO, which she should have, I think always had, I mean, Dave taking that position was really just a power thing. I think, I don't know. I mean, this is all just me. Um, you know, editorializing, but yeah, so I don't know. It's just, that was like a huge thing in the MLM world, but you know, at the end of the day, they are people just like we were talking about earlier, just like any other celebrity. But the whole point of the thing is that if we don't idolize the people, you know, just meet them where they're at, allow these people that you admire to just be who they are and like follow them along their journey. I think what happened with Rachel Hollis was that she got caught up in what was happening to her is, you know, like she let fame turn her into something that she wasn't. And now she's mm-hmm. going to, you Did know, you, be um, facing Have you ever seen the, the show Girlfriend? Oh. No, I don't think so. Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce? Oh, no. Mm-mm. This is it's that story. It. It's them. That's what it is. <laughs> Really? This has already happened in Hollywood. Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. I had so no crazy. idea that that's what the show is about. Yeah, the the lady, well, kind of like the lady, the main character, she's an author of a relationship book and she lives in Hollywood and she has like the perfect life and then um she ends up getting a divorce. And like all this crazy stuff happens in her life and it's like her whole premise was built on an image that she didn't she wasn't even living the life that she had she was authoring, you know. Yeah. As an advice columnist. Okay. You got to watch it. It's a great show. I've heard that it's really good and it's like kind of been on the back of my list, but I think it just moved up a little further because now I'm interested. Yeah. Um, but it's I really want to start like a second podcast about talking about TV shows because I just am so into it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. But um, speaking of talking about TV shows, should we talk about oh. our Patreon? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, so um, we finally figured out what to do with Patreon. <laughs> and okay, so I've been seeing the show Down to Earth on Twitter because everyone's talking about fucking Zac Efron and his body. Mm-hmm. And it's so annoying. <laughs> you don't like Zac Efron? I love Zac Efron, but I hate everyone talking about him and his body when he's doing a show about like climate change and like helping the earth. Like I, it, it's so <laughs> it's so obvious to me that that is exactly what he was put on this show for is so that he could like get half naked and like promote the show because 
Mm. I found out who his bestie is. <laughs> oh, we both figured this out independently and came and I was like, we have to talk about this show, Francine. Have you heard of it? And she's like, yes. Did you know that the guy, <laughs> the beach body? And I was like, yes, fuck. He's so creepy. Was any, did anyone else get creeped out by him or was it just me? Were you creeped it's, out by him? Okay. So, so I found, so I was like, fine, I'll start watching the show with Zac Efron because I want to see what all the hype is about. Right. So I got like 15 minutes in and I was like, I fucking hate this. I can't stand this guy. Like, who is he? What is he all about? So then I Googled him and I was like, you're fucking kidding me. He's a Shakeology guy. So I immediately was like, oh, my God, I bet this is the fucker that we quoted back in the Beachbody episode about hanging off the cliff in China and like finding the specific herb that was like why Shakeology was one hundred and thirty dollars was because he hung off the cliff in China. So I went back and found the podcast episode that I got that clip from. And that is Zac Efron's new best friend, Darren Olin. Right. Creepy. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the like, it was weird. I tried to get into it and I, I thought like, like, they were going to have like some funny dude vibes, like where they like have a good rapport with each other and it's like funny, but it never got that. What to me, it was just like super weird. Yeah. And I mean, look, I really like analyzing people's psychology and like behavior and stuff. So like, I get that that's my thing and that we probably shouldn't do that or whatever, but it, the, it just seems so obvious to me that Zach is like a prop that Darren is using. Like, and he's so mean to him. Like he is like visibly rude to Zach. <laughs> I don't understand. He is. I didn't notice that. We'd have to watch it again. Oh my gosh. It's like little microaggressions. So, okay. So the point is that the point of us talking about this is that we're going to record an episode of our reactions to each episode of down to earth. So we're going to watch Down to Earth, take some notes, and then we're going to talk about it. Because there's some good stuff that comes out of it. Like, I actually did enjoy some of the knowledge that I learned, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's some cool stuff, but, like, I really don't like the way that it was, that, that it's all going down. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that'll be fun. So yeah, it's going to so be. If you want to hear that. Yeah, give us your doll hairs. <laughs> just one. We're going to just, it'll be the first dollar support, whatever. It's not live yet. It'll be live, and we'll let you know when it is live. We'll record that episode. When when should we record that? Mm. I'll figure it I out. I don't know. At this point, we got to play it by ear because my life is a mess. Yeah, that sounds good. So um, look forward to that. We'll let you know. Um, when we make the Patreon live so that um, we'll make sure that there's something on there first so that your hard-earned money doesn't go to waste supporting us. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Is there anything else? No. Um, I I think we are back. Yeah, right? Are we caught up? We're back. We should be making things more consistently. With, right. like less pressure 
on myself from myself. Yeah, and I'm not going to read any reviews because they're, they're just mean. Yeah, you. Sh- yeah, I highly recommend you stop. The last one that I read was about how we were seven years old. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, um, and I then I stopped. That. They thought we well, were seven, or we were acting immature. I didn't understand. Yeah, it's just someone being mean. I mean, like, why would you call us seven year olds? Like, I just. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I definitely would suggest just not doing that because and if you have, here's the thing though. I am not opposed to having someone say, hey, you fucked up. Like this is a bad take or, you know, you said something that was really hurtful towards like a group of people. Like, please, please let us know. I don't want to come. I want this show to be a conversation. I tried to record by myself in this like, interim when Francine you know was having a baby and it just like was like I don't want to talk to myself anymore I, I, I did that on Facebook live with nobody listening for like so long and I just I don't like it Aww, <laughs> I was like I need so Francine nice. yeah well I love you I was like I just don't yeah so I want this to be, to be a conversation and I don't you know I know that Oh, I guess this is kind of, I'll take this in the direction of where I want the show to go because in this time that we haven't been recording, um, you know, I've been really evaluating like what I want to do with the show and myself and just like my life in general. And I think that I really want to go down the route of activism and not just for anti-MLM and, um, you know helping people who have been in MLMs, but supporting all the marginalized groups and all the terrible things that are happening in the world and like rights that are being taken away. Um, So, yeah. So I really hope that through the stories that, you know, we start to do, we can start to shed light on different issues that affect different communities that aren't just white women, because I know that MLMs are kind of a white woman (laughs) thing, to yeah. like the general public. But there's a lot of harm that these companies are doing and they affect men and they, you know, we talked about Herbalife and the Latina community. Um, yeah, which and, I had no idea about until that, you know. Right, you exactly. Don't, we don't talk about that. Exactly. Um, I was talking to someone on Twitter and I don't have their at right in front of me. Um, so forgive me. Um, but I popped in on this thread because someone was talking about having black guests and, you know, representing black voices on podcasts. And I was like, please, someone, anyone, like, if you want to come on and talk about MLMs and the black community, I would love, you know, to have that. And people were like, we really need that representation because I can't think of a single person who would be the expert in that topic. And they mentioned um, other podcasts and, you know, how they were more white centered on the focus, you know, the topics, which is great because the focus needs to be brought up about MLMs in the first place. And they are a largely white focused topic, but there's these, we know, we know that these companies are harming people, especially people who are vulnerable. And there's no one more vulnerable than, you know, low income and black and transgender and all these different communities that are marginalized on the daily there's it's just a matter of time before MLMs fucking infiltrate if they haven't already, you know, I don't know, but I want to help 
raise voices, raise all those voices, you know? Yeah. So um, if anyone is listening and this speaks to you and you have a story to tell, I really, you know, I really want to honor it. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I do want to take some responsibility on the show. You know, I'm not here saying like, I don't want to listen to anyone and fuck everyone, but like, I want to listen to, you know, people who have stories to tell, like, don't just, don't just come at us and tell us we're like terrible people. Like if you have things that if we're doing something wrong and you want to come on and like, tell us your story and represent yourself, like I'm here for it. Yeah. You know, I agree. Like we're not, we are, we're two white women. So there's only so much that we can do. And I don't want to misrepresent, um, other people's voices because I spent so long of my life having that done to me. And I know that as a white woman, that sounds ridiculous, but like just in my, you know, personal family space, like I've never had a voice. So, um, yeah. So I, I know how that feels to some extent and definitely not on the societal extent, but, um, I don't want to be another person who perpetuates, speaking for other people. So, um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully that the show speaks to all that moving forward and that we can, you know, do some things and have fun doing it. And yeah. All right. Yeah. Sound good. Are you on board? I'm on board. (laughs) Okay. I'm onboarding. (laughs) You're on. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, but uh, I was but. thinking of, I was thinking about what we should call our first Patreon tiers. Well, I think we should call it the ground floor. The ground floor. All right, I'm into it. Getting in on the ground floor. Yeah. <laughs> For only one dollar. <laughs> For only one dollar. Yep. All right. Well, I'm. It makes me always feel so good when I get to talk to you, Francine. Yeah. It really. It's like like. We and you, we miss out on it, and it, if I forget, and then I'm like, oh yeah, right. It's like, like it's so it makes you feel good. You get off, the, like I get off here, and I'm like, dun da da, I could do everything in the world, right? Just by like talking about our feelings and like what's going on, you know, yeah. it just it feels good. Yeah. All right. Well, go conquer the world, and you too. Keep being a great mom. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. You're doing so great. Aye, aye, aye. All right. Well, we'll talk to everyone soon and we'll talk to you soon. And we love you guys and we're happy to be back. Yep. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.